You are listening to episode number 14 of The Love Noteworthy Show. Welcome to The Love Noteworthy Show, the guide to leading your life with passion, purpose, perspective, and prosperity. Each week, we feature entrepreneurs, influencers, game changers, and change makers who provide powerful strategies for creating a remarkable first impression that leads to a lasting impact in your business, brand, and personal life. So come join us as we transform your mindset and teach you the lessons that you want and need to become love noteworthy. Welcome back, everyone, to another fabulous episode of The Love Noteworthy Show. I'm your host, Reese, and today I'm here with the beautiful Zhuzha Novak, who is an incredible woman that I had the opportunity to see speak, and we kind of instantly connected with um, at a conference hosted by Kyle Cease back in February of this year um, in Los Angeles. And Zhuzha, I don't know if you know this, but this was that was actually like the first time I'd ever been to Los Angeles. And honestly, because of that conference, it just inspired me. I love the energy and you definitely were part of that. But that's what kind of incentivized or inspired me to move down to LA, which is where I am now. So welcome to the show and thanks so much for being here. My pleasure. Thanks so much, Reese. I'm so excited to be part of it. So yeah, let's get cracking and talk about all the good stuff, life, business, branding and everything in between. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, before we get going, though, I do want to give the audience a little introduction to you. So Zhuzha believes that regardless of where you come from, you can create a brilliant business and life. And she uh, is a former maid turned brand elevation and business expansion expert who loves nothing more than helping entrepreneurs stand out and shine. As a star power strategist, she sparks your unique gifts, talents, and message into a brand that is the organic extension of your essence. So Zhuzha's mission in life is to make our world a brighter place by helping you become the star of your field so that you can make a difference on a global scale. And so why don't you tell us you have such a unique story and it really captivated me uh, when you talked about it at the conference that I went to uh, in February. So can you tell us a bit about the background of you growing up and like how you got to the US and how you made it to where you are today? Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I was born um, in a prison, basically, and <laughs> grew up in the darkness of a communist totalitarian regime and my whole life I kept looking up at the stars and and dreaming of a better world and I was really really hoping that there is more light and more color in the universe than what got filtered through the Iron Curtain into my native communist Hungary. Um, growing up there was obviously a very unique experience. Everything was black and white. There were not many colors. There wasn't even much gray in between. And everything was controlled. Everybody had to fit in and blend in and be the same in order to be safe. And now that you know, you've seen me speak, Reese, and you know me, you totally get that that's so not who yeah. I am. <laughs> and even when I was a kid, I did not want to blend in. I didn't want to wear a uniform. I didn't want to be just like the other children. So um, from very, very early on, I knew that my mission in life is to stand out 
and shine and help others kind of bust out of the box and be their fully expressed selves. So that was the very beginning of my story. And in a way, as you know from uh, my talk at Kaya's event, I, I have John Lennon to, to thank for the clarification of my purpose because I accidentally tuned into an illegal radio station <laughs> called The Voice of America when I was 10 years old. And before that, the concept of busting through barriers and being all you can be and and having peace and imagining something and making it happen was just a dream, nothing else. They were stories I've heard at fairy tales my parents shared with me but I didn't know there is a world out there where this were to be possible so when I illegally you know tuned into this illegal station this radio station and and started hearing notes coming from a piano that were so incredibly unique and different and i've heard this man starting to sing and i recognized that he's singing in english so i ran to the shelf grabbed the dictionary started deciphering the words because i was convinced and i've been convinced in a way only a 10 year old can be convinced <laughs> that this man is singing to me, like to Zsuzsa Novak sitting in an ugly green armchair in Budapest, Hungary. And he has something really important to say. So I wanted to know what is the message? What is he telling me? And once I grabbed onto those words, um, peace, no boundaries, imagine, I realized that it is possible and there there must be a world of freedom out there. Um, so the fact that this happened the day after John Lennon was assassinated and this radio station was playing the song Imagine in his honor uh, was what clarified my mission so clearly that even now, you know, so many years later, I still feel it, you know, in in my gut. Like that was just that deep, deep level of soul purpose, that mm -hmm. sense of knowing that this is it. This is what I meant to be doing in the world. This is amazing. So how did you get over to North America and what did you do once you got here what drove you? Yeah, that's a good question. So in a way, I was quote unquote imported into the States. <laughs> I had $20 in my pocket that my entire family scraped together. And it was more money than, you know, I or even my parents have ever seen. And I came to the US as a maid and a living nanny and it may not sound very glamorous to you if you're listening to interview but for me you know that was my ticket to ride to, yeah. to stick with the Beatles that was my way to freedom and being 20 years old it was both extremely frightening 
because I'd never been away from my parents for more than two weeks. I was so very fortunate to grow up in a family where even though we were dirt poor, but we were so loved. We had this incredible bond. And my parents always told me that you can be whatever you want to be. You can do whatever you want in your life. Um, but still, you know, going to the other side of the globe to try my luck there was a really scary feeling. Yet, you know, my parents have encouraged me because they knew that they could never, ever give me the kind of opportunities that I can have here in the U.S. So this is how I left in 1990 and came here to Los Angeles to work for this very wealthy doctor family. And I got here before their firstborn uh, daughter came into the world and I was taking care of her 24 seven, no days off. And when I was not taking care of her because she was taking a nap, then I was going um, around the house, cooking and cleaning and making sure that everything is in order. So that was my very first year and I made $200 a month. And that first year I was saving every penny I -hmm. could save. I had room and board and I was, by the way, living in Malibu in a beautiful, beautiful home overlooking the ocean. So you know, absolutely no complaints there. Um, But I was working around the clock and I realized that if I wanted to get anywhere, I do need to get an education here, even though I have started my university studies in Hungary. But being in a PhD program in a communist country, um, studying psychology and learning to become a history and Russian professor was a very different deal yeah. than being here in the land of the free and trying to grasp concepts like checks and credit cards and how could you, you know, give a plastic thing and that's money. And the whole free market economy obviously was not something I was familiar with. So the second year I asked for an evening off, which they did grant me. And I started taking an introduction to business class at Santa Monica College. And later on, when I moved away from this family, um, you know, I was scrubbing my way up in the world and kept cleaning homes and babysitting my butt off and (laughs) putting myself through school, first at Santa Monica College. And then um, since I had a scholarship, um, my last two years were at UCLA. um, And that's where I graduated from with a focus on international business and then went back to get my MBA later on. So let's talk a little bit about that because that was one defining point in your story when you talked at the event that I distinctly remember and how (laughs) you are just like self-admittedly very stubborn and want to prove people wrong. And so I know there's a story behind you going to UCLA and doing your MBA. Absolutely. Yes, <laughs> I'm so glad. It, it's so wonderful. You know, when you speak to a room of 300, 400 people and, and people actually remember your story. <laughs> you have talked about it since and it was, you know, six months ago. So I'm so touched, you know, seriously, like I'm so honored that you remember the story quite so much and it's in such depth. But yes, absolutely. I do talk about that a lot because... You know, oftentimes people feel that 
you know, they have so much to overcome and they worried about hitting rock bottom. And since I am a certified master coach and I work a lot with mindset and breaking through and getting ahead and fulfilling your potential, aside from the business strategy of, of um, you know, brand strategy and, and business expansion, on the coaching side and on the psychology side, I can't emphasize enough how powerful it can be to hit rock bottom because then all of a sudden you have a, a footing, you know, from which you can bounce back and you can move forward. And sometimes these gifts that come into our lives, you know, can come in kind of a shitty packaging and we don't yeah. always see it as gifts, which is exactly what happened to me. So absolutely, I kept my eyes open. I was looking for a sign. I wanted to know how can I make sure that I don't get stuck and how can I fulfill my mission of creating a more brilliant world and helping people be all they can be? How can I make sure I'm not going to stay a maid and spend my life on all four scrubbing bathtubs and toilets? Um, so as I kept looking for those signs, one day I was walking with this baby girl on my back in the little carrier and I took another route and I went up on Sunset Boulevard and all of a sudden I came to a chain link fence and I was stopped dead in my tracks. And I looked in there and what I saw was paradise. I, I saw this amazingly beautiful blue pool glistening in the sunlight and it was just the biggest pool I have ever seen so clean and so inviting you know in the California sun and in the middle there was this huge soccer field with a bunch of amazing looking guys with their six packs playing soccer. <laughs> so it's hard for me to peel my eyes away from that you know being yeah. 21 at a time and on the left there was this forest with some barbecue set up so I thought oh my god what is this place it's incredible so there was a lady walking along the path and i just had to stop her and with my you know very hungarian accent at the time back you know 24 years ago i stopped her and i asked excuse me what is this place and she looks at me and she was a bit confused and she said um what do you mean and i just repeated the question well, what, what is this? What is this place? And she looks at me and she says, well, um, that's UCLA. And I looked at her, confused, even more confused than I was at the get-go. <laughs> ha, UCLA. And what is UCLA? And she looks at me and says, well, that's a university. And at that moment, I thought, I'm going to faint because my university back in Communist Hungary was a dingy little building with teeny tiny little windows, hardly letting any sunlight in, where we're sitting at this, you know, beat up little desk. Uh -huh. So my idea, my concept of a university was clearly not this. But the moment she told me that, I thought, oh, my God. You know, this is it. This is the sign. I knew I have to come here and study here. So I was so excited. And I, with the baby on my back, I could hardly wait to go back and run home and tell them that that's it. And I had my hallelujah moment. And I know what I need to do to become the person I know I was destined to become. So 
I go back and the, the matriarch of the family was at home, uh, this old lady who was, you know, in her late 70s and she wasn't exactly a warm and fuzzy, but still I I figured she's going to be thrilled for me. So I run in, I run in and I, I tell her, Miss Lily, Miss Lily, I, I know, I know, I've seen the sign, I know exactly what I have to do. And she looks at me and she's like, Jujam, what are you talking about? I know, I know, I'm going to go to UCLA. That's the path. I'm going to go to UCLA. I'll go to the university. I'm going to have outstanding grades. And this is how I'm going to help the world and help others. And she looks at me and with the most condescending tone, with the most condescending look you can imagine. Mm-hmm. You know, she looks over at me and she says, UCLA? That's one of the top universities in the country. Don't you ever forget it. Here, you are nothing but a stupid maid. And that was such a strong punch. I literally felt as if somebody kicked me in the guts. Mm -hmm. It was awful. It was one of those few times in my life, if you care to ask my husband, when I was speechless and I thought, (laughs) you know, I just had to like literally like kind of hold onto my breath. And I started backing away with the baby still on my back and turned around and ran upstairs where they had the, the bedrooms. And I just, by the time I was going up, I had this tremendous combination of of anger and sadness and fear that maybe I will say, I mean, maybe that's true. Maybe I was not destined to great things. Maybe it's all a dream and nothing else. And tears were pouring down my face. But by the time I got up into the baby's room and I stopped, the, the fear melted away, the sadness melted away, and there was nothing else but anger. And my only thought was, you know what? Screw you, lady. I'm going to show you. And that anger was what really propelled me forward. And that feeling of, you know, I can do this was something tremendous. So really now in hindsight, though I can't say I was extremely grateful in the moment, but in hindsight, I have Miss Lily to thank for that additional, you know, kind of fuel in the fire that made me go like, this is it. I am convinced and I'm going to make this happen no matter what. So like you alluded to it recently, you asked, Absolutely. There are times when people who want to, you know, kick us in the gut or hold us down or tell us that we cannot do any better become, in a way, our biggest inspiration, if nothing else, by knowing that we can and we will prove them wrong. Yeah, that's so great. Like, I think I've talked to quite a few people about this and they've had similar stories in that they've said, like, if they're not pissing people off with their business or like what they're doing, then they're not being like working hard enough or being provocative enough or aren't going to be successful enough because you need those naysayers to help project you to do something unique and fresh because as soon as you're doing something unique or different or passionate, there's always going to be people that are going to feel uncomfortable or afraid or just 
not want you to do it, which means you're on the right path, right? So true. It's so true. I mean, you nailed it. And, you know, in a way, this carries over to business and branding. Absolutely. It's it's not any different. When you create a brand, and I really, truly believe that that old way of branding is dead, and it's so ineffective. The old way of branding, when they came up with a concept, of what your brand is going to be. They created a logo and and they try to kind of fill it in, you know, climb into and fill in that beautiful, amazing vision of what your brand should be. Um, It should be the other way around. In order to create a sustainable business and brand, it does need to be the organic essence of who you are, the extension of you, because that's the only way it can evolve and grow with you without it being weird, without people feeling like, oh, wait a minute, one day it was this brand and now it's that. If you bring out the essence of who you are, then it is something that will grow along with you. And you know, like you said, to your point, it has to be something unique, something that's different. A brand and a business needs to repel people just as much as it needs to attract people. Yeah. Because, you know, you cannot be all things to all people. So you need to make sure that you resonate with your crowd. Some people do it more strongly. Some people do it in a more subtle way, but just simply by you know, your, your name and what you stand for and your, your voice and your brand vocabulary and your pictures, you are already creating that feeling that some people will relate to and other, others won't. You know, it's the same with my brand of um, star power. You know, it's, it's very clearly resonating with people like you who are the movers, the shakers, the visionaries. When I talk about, you know, that you, you should be the star of your field and stand out and shine. For some people, they feel like, oh, yes, oh, that's me. Like, I, they feel called forward. They feel pulled forward. Whereas other people, they shy away. They're like, oh, no, 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 no. That's not me. And that's okay. You know, I, I don't want to work with everyone. And in many cases, I refer people. So for those people that have, you know, smaller dreams or would like to kind of stay really behind the scenes and and do the usual sort of blueprint or formula route, then, you know, they should be coaching with somebody else and they shouldn't be mentoring with me. So you're totally right. It does have to be unique and different. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, in terms of you being a star power strategist, so uh, let's go back. You did your, or you went to UCLA and finished your MBA. And then after that, uh, from what I remember, you went into the entertainment industry working for a while. So can you tell yeah. us a little bit about your experience in working in that industry and what was kind of the tipping point where you decided that you wanted to shift over into being an entrepreneur and really working for yourself? Yeah, absolutely. You're right. Yes, I worked in the entertainment industry and 
Um, I started working at Synergy Productions. From Synergy Productions, I moved to New Regency. I was in charge of theatrical and home entertainment. And then my final gig uh, was with Warner Brothers. I actually lived in, in Spain um, for a year working for them, preparing the market and the strategies for The Matrix, which the, the first original Matrix, which no was way. an amazing movie. Talk about something different and unique. Yeah. And, uh, a really arresting concept. I loved that movie. Um, but yes, indeed, I was extremely fortunate to have worked with incredible people, to have worked on movies like The Matrix, like Evita or City of Angels or Devil's Advocate, really impactful films that were amazing. However, even though I was you know, zipping around in a private jet, for example, for Avita going to Brazil and to Argentina, being part of the premiere, um, sitting next to Antonio Banderas and and chatting with Alan Parker, which were amazing, amazing experiences. Wow. But the more I advanced in corporate, I realized that, you know, the bottom line is, and I know some people will freak out. So, you know, buckle up, (laughs) whatever you need to do. But let me tell you, my experience is that in many cases, especially when it comes to the big conglomerates, the big corporate structures, those are not all that different from the communist system. What happens is, it's a machinery. You get in there, you're a little cogwheel in the machinery, but everything needs to line up mm-hmm. for a specific cause. Obviously, in a market economy and in corporate, that's the bottom line. It's all about profitability. So what happened was, you know, there were certain movies along the way that I didn't feel all that proud of, that I felt that, you know, I should be able to say, like, guys, are you sure, like, Judge Dredd? Like, really? Like, why do we put this out there? But, you know, if the numbers seem to prove otherwise, if people felt that this would make an impact, um, then, you know, they would greenlight a movie and we would go ahead. Um, it could be that first the concept of Free Willy was great. I loved Freeing Willy. I was all for it. The second time and the third time and the fourth time, you know, it's just after a while, it's like, okay, it's a bit much. You know, so I feel that when when the values get lost, when the message get lost, when, when the passion and what we're trying to convey, how we're trying to inspire and motivate people gets lost because the numbers prove otherwise, um, then it's a problem. And I really did feel like after a while, even though I loved the movie industry i had an amazingly blissful successful career that i loved um i felt like i was just a little cogwheel in the machinery so i realized that i needed to get out if i wanted to make that impact that i knew i could make on a global level but personally impacting people making them believe and see that indeed they can create a brilliant business and life no matter where they came from. Then I had to do it on my own. So that was really the turning point for me, as well as the fact that I have had two children back to back. I had my son during business school. I guess being in business school full time was not quite challenging enough for me. So <laughs> I'm going to have a kid in the middle of it. So I took some extra classes in anticipation of that. And then 
Um, I still graduated in my class. Uh, and then I had my daughter 20 months after. And having raised other people's children, I had to go back to the drawing board and say, you know what, having a corporate career has been phenomenal. Would I be able to buy a house sooner? Sure. Would I be able to have my own lap pool in my garden? Sure. But doesn't really matter to me. Yeah. And the answer was no. It didn't. What mattered to me was having seen other people's kids turn over for the first time, witnessing their first step, hearing their first word, that that's what was, you know, at the at the heart of heart for me. That's what really made my heart sing. That's what was important to me in this stage of my life. So I was not willing to stay in meetings until 8 p.m. and talk about how, you know, the poster should look for a certain movie and what the color should be when I had most, you know, more important things to, to think about. And that was raising two kids with the right values. So that was this the second factor that I knew I wanted to create something that fits my lifestyle. And still, you know, up to now, the people that mentor with me, whether it's for six months or a year, or those people that sign up to do a VIP day with me, they love the fact that instead them having to live for their businesses they can have their business so they can live that they can create the lifestyle they want to create because we both know and Reese you've seen this also you know across the board how many people fall in love with the idea of being and becoming an entrepreneur and creating a brand and in a way six months later they end up with a glorified job except they work even harder yeah, you know, and they push even more, and they are back into the gerbil wheel. So, what was the freaking point, right? It's really, really crucial that you create a business model that works with your vision of a life and what matters to you. Yeah, that's really great advice. I definitely have found in transitioning from working in the corporate world to being an entrepreneur is. Well, two things like one, setting your own hours and just holding yourself accountable is more challenging than you would think. <laughs> and two, yeah, um, but yeah. And the second thing on that line is um, I oftentimes will have this sense of guilt when I take time to relax, like during the work, what's the traditional work day as I'm just used to working really, really long hours. Yeah. And I'm like, but isn't that the whole point of like working for yourself and being able to set your own hours is like, if you want to go to the beach for a couple hours, you can go to the beach. Or if you want to go for lunch with a friend, you can do that and still make up the Absolutely. hours elsewhere. Like it's weird. You're so right. Absolutely. It's so funny because, you know, I actually just wrote about that on Facebook recently. And, and one of my last newsletters was actually about this topic, how it's actually crucial. You know, it, was kind of my my Labor Day newsletter this this past weekend that you've got to stop in the name of love and success <laughs> and you've got to stop pushing like crazy because what ends up happening you have tunnel vision you just go 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 and you get on automatic so as entrepreneurs it's even more essential that we step away from the vehicle that we back off and you say okay where am I where do I want to go? What do I need to do? And it's extremely important that we spend a whole day. And by the way, if you're listening right now and you're thinking, oh, my God, lady, you're crazy. I don't have a whole day. Then you know what? Take two days. Then, <laughs> yeah. you, need it. then you need it even more so. And um, 
also, you know, hire a coach because what happens is we tend to, especially if we are very passionate and very driven, we tend to drive ourselves off the freaking cliff. Yeah. You know, you, you will burn out. It's kind of like the concept of putting your oxygen mask on first and then helping others. It's a tremendously important concept. And you get all the juice, all the creativity, and all the new ideas when you step away and you reflect. So I do do that regularly. I schedule in a spa day once a month when I go away for the whole day. Nobody can call me, nobody can get to me. And I go to Koreatown and I go into the spa and I take <laughs> care of myself and nurture myself and I just reflect on things and I get back to the dream. Because the dream is so important. Everybody thinks that it's all about the how do I do this. Nah, not at all. You will figure that out. You will hire a strategist that will help you. But it starts with a dream. Because if the dream is big enough, you don't have to push forward. You will be pulled ahead. It's all about the dream. Think about it. I mean, Martin Luther King Jr., he didn't stand there saying, I have a plan. Right? Yeah. He said, I have a dream and people buy into your dream. They support a dream and they are confident that when they hear that passion, when they hear that drive, they're confident that you will make it happen and you will because you're so committed that you can already visualize yourself on the other side of the forest. So you will make sure that you will cut through the forest and get to that clearing. It's that important. Yeah, that reminds me too of um, Simon Sinek, and he is really well known for saying, like, people don't buy what you do, they buy why yep. you do it. And I love yes. that. Can never get yes. enough. <laughs> you know what? It's so funny you brought that up. You probably have no idea how perfectly aligned that is with what I do because I had no idea, and I watch TED Talks, by the way, now on a regular basis. If I could suggest something to you guys, seriously, during your lunch break, Watching TED Talks that take, you know, 17 minutes, give and take. There are some shorter ones now, some TEDx yeah. talks, but roughly, you know, 17 minutes, 20 at most. Um, it's an incredible way, again, to step out, if nothing else, just for those 20 minutes and, and look at things from another perspective, you know, and see what other people have to say about how they run their businesses, how they design something, how do different things impact them that are happening in the world, and what do they want to do about it, and how they go about it. It's absolutely phenomenal. But funnily enough, I have not heard of Simon Sinek. And I went to speak at one of my former clients' event in San Diego, and I went through my three-step methodology on how to create a star power business and brand. And I talked about how first and foremost, it's about the why. You need to know your sole purpose, why you do what you do, yeah. because that's what gets you out of bed in the morning. That's what makes your heart sing. That's what makes you feel like, oh my God, here's another day, another opportunity for me to go towards my dreams. So the why, that sole purpose is hugely important. So that's the first piece that I really dig deep into and help my clients figure out. The second part is the how are you unique? What makes you a star, right? That's sort of your shine potential, should we say. Mm -hmm. the, the what is it? 
that makes you unique? What are those gifts and skills and talents and life experiences that you have that make you uniquely you, that make you stand out in a saturated marketplace, that make you be the star that you are? So that's the second part. And the third is the how, which is the story perspective. Because people buy why you do what you do and who you are and well how do they get that they get that through your stories it's so amazing grace and it cracks me up but you can probably relate to this i can't tell you how many times i went to speak and i could talk about amazing business strategy and branding strategy and all that but you know what people remember at the end they remember my personal stories yeah Totally. And funnily enough, that's why they want to work with me. I, you know, I remember at the beginning, I was like, really, well, that's great. But how about, you know, all the marketing, all the branding, all the strategy that I talk about? And they say, yeah, 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 that's great. And you're a fantastic business and brand strategist. But God, your story, oh my goodness, that makes me want to move mountains. It makes me realize that I can do this. And that's why I want to work with you. So it's all about the story. So the third part is the story perspective. How do you relate to the people that you want to impact, the people you want to work with, your ideal clients? How do you create a deep impact, an emotional impact in a way that they can resonate with you and they say, that's right, I want to work with her. Yeah, absolutely. I love who she is. You know, I love what she stands for. So that's what it is. And funnily enough, you know, it's it's kind of in line with Simon Sinek's stuff. So when they heard me speak in San Diego <laughs> at this event, at Morgan, my former client's event, uh, somebody came up to me and at, at the end and they said, oh my God, this is so awesome. You kind of, from another angle, reconfirmed to me all those things that I felt and I was thinking, listening to Simon Sinek. And I said, that's great. And who the heck is Simon Sinek? <laughs> and he said, well, you should check him out on 10. And I did. And yes, he is fantastic. You know, and obviously has a different point of view. Yeah. And here is another piece that is so important. Whether you're starting out your business right now, whether you just have that dream and nothing else, or you already have a multiple six-figure business. So many people ask me about, but how about the competition? There's so many people out there doing what I do. And this is when I drive home the point that one star doesn't take away from another star. You know, we all need to shine our light. We all need to be brilliant to light up the night sky. And, you know, somebody's eyes will catch, you know, one particular star and they will look up to that one and they say, that's the star I, I want to wish upon. That's the star I want to follow. And that's going to happen because you are unique. Simon Sinek and I, even if we were to teach the very same thing, which we don't, I come from a different angle. Yeah. He comes from a different angle. His stories are much more corporate and kind of buttoned up. You know, mine are a bit more spicy and colorful <laughs> and all that. But even if, let's say, we were to speak next to each other in two conference rooms, about the very same thing. Let's say we even have the very same freaking script. I'm telling you, certain people will resonate with me 
certain people we resonate with him he's a man i'm a woman you know i have an accent i have a different story the way i talk the way i look the way i dress the way they feel will be very different just based on who i am so that's kind of you know going back full circle why you do not ever have to worry about competition the mm-hmm. minute you have a business that is again the organic extension of the essence of who you are and if your brand stands for that you're uniquely you nobody can come near yeah i love that like i think i'm a huge uh believer in the law of attraction and i just have this kind of theory that we're all obviously made up of atoms and they're vibrating very tinily, like in a very tiny way, we're all vibrating at like different frequencies, right? Because we're all made up of atoms. And I think that certain people vibrate at different, like the same frequency as each other. And it allows you to attract certain people or instances or experiences to happen um, that may not appeal to other people. And it doesn't mean that it's a better or worse opportunity or anything by that means it just means that it's what you're attracted to right or exactly so yeah you're so you're so right it is about you know if you if you really think about it it's it's all about alignment yeah absolutely know? and and the minute you are aligned i mean when i work with clients who come in again whether they come in with a totally clean slate and they have no idea what they want to do as um you know some of my clients are that way some come in and they say i know what i'm great at i know you know what i can do but what am i going to call it how am i going to go about it who should i work with or they come in again having a business that is successful but they know it could be exponentially more successful they can create that global impact that they deserve but they don't because they don't quite have an alignment so it's all about creating that alignment between who you are who you serve and how you make a difference in the world and when that's aligned the right people will align with you clients partners collaborators sponsors you name it they're going to so clearly get who you are because instead of you know like sort of light bulb that lights up the whole room and is all over the place when you have that alignment it becomes a laser beam that just cuts through you know and some people will say oh my god this is it and they can see it from a mile away mm-hmm. and some people will shy away from it because it is so bright because it is so sharp but that's okay because that was then not meant to be yeah exactly um, so on that note, uh, one of the things that we talk about on the Love Noteworthy show quite a bit is just the importance of making really great first impressions as oftentimes they lead to creating a lasting impact, whether that be in your personal life with a partner, or professional life or in your business. And I know for both of us, it was weird. I was just like really excited about you. And then before I even saw you speak, I think like we had some sort of exchange of words like in the bathroom or something you're like I really like your outfit today and I was like thanks I was gonna say how beautiful you looked and then you like went on stage like an hour later but anyways um do you have any tips for people on how they can make a great first impression just in terms of like setting themselves up for success with their brand whether it be a personal brand or their business yeah absolutely um and it may seem simpler 
than what it really is. But I can tell you it's all about authenticity. Yeah, It's all about being authentically you, being who you are, how you are, and really having the guts, the balls, whatever it takes to fully step into being yourself, unabashedly being proud of, okay, this is who I am, take it or leave it, not trying to conform, not trying to be light, which is really difficult to do, by the way, as mm-hmm. we all know, but being who you are with the little things, with the bigger things. And the minute you do that and you being your authentic self in every way, people will get it and they will resonate because those are the bits and pieces of alignment, right? So for example, in my case, you know, I am obviously European, I'm Hungarian, I'm married to a Frenchman, I lived in Spain, I traveled the globe. I have this whole like global gal feel about me. It shows up in the way I dress, the way I speak, in everything. Yet it was so interesting when I came to California, I was hanging on to my short hair. I had this little pixie cut. And um, that's just who I am. When people see me, it was like, oh my God, that's so you. So I had this little holly berry cut, which at the time wasn't really in, quote unquote, right? It is now, but <laughs> in. So I had it for a while. And then when I started having my own business, you know, back nine years ago, people were saying, well, you know, with the short hair, I don't know if it will work. People are going to think you are a lesbian. They're not going to relate to you, you know, and, and even though you're a very attractive woman, but, but guys will not look at you the same way. So guess what? I kind of got californicated, so to speak, following the title of the TV show, right? I did get californicated and I grew out my hair just to my shoulders. And for seven years, I had it that way. But you know what? It was not really fully me. So seven years later, I said, you know what? Screw this. Like, stop this nonsense. It's like, I'm the one with the short hair. And bam, I cut my hair. And, you know, I have had those pictures. And I put them out at first with a little bit of hesitation. And people said, oh, my God, that's so you. That's so you. And I don't know what changed and shifted. Perhaps the people who were in my, you know, kind of tribe, in in my orbit, should we say, we're getting a much better feel for who I am because the way I talk, the way I post it, the way I write is very authentic. You know, curse words and all, by the way, when I got really excited, um, they were like, that's so you. And they really got it. Whereas several years back, you know, they said, well, that's pretty. Yeah, maybe it was, but is pretty good enough? No, you know, I wanted it to be me. It wasn't about pretty. It was about it being me. (laughs) So I would say being authentic is huge. The same thing, you know, you've heard me speak. You know that when I got into the flow and into the groove of my story or talk about things that really matter to me, like making a global impact and how I truly believe that, you have that unique brilliance. We all do. I get so excited. Yeah. And sometimes those four-letter words are flying in the air. And you know what? <laughs> years back, I try to curb myself more and I try to watch it more. And by now, I'm like, you know what? It is what it is. And people are going to deal with it. And whoever doesn't, well, they're not really my audience. So, you know, 
I think people get that. They, they get it that it's not like I say the F word, you know, in every sentence or every other sentence, but they realize that I don't say it for show. I, I say it because I'm so passionate. And sometimes you just have to make a freaking point, right? And yeah. then it is a freaking point. So I never had anybody complain about it. I never had anybody faint in the audience. It's totally fine. So be unabashedly you. And the second part is that because it is kind of hard to do at times, either you know, hire a coach, whether that's me or someone else, but work with somebody that has that objective point of view, that has, you know, that that perspective that we cannot have of ourselves because we do, don't really see ourselves that way. And if nothing else, um, you should go to starpoweru.com and, and go do this amazing, I almost said that, did you hear it? I said, do this amazing. Quiz. Oh, you're allowed to swear on her. On the show. Yeah. Good. So seriously, go check out this quiz that I developed. It took me six months. So many people, by the way, said, oh, you should charge for that. It's so fucking amazing. You should charge for it. I don't want to charge for it. It's totally free. So if you go to Star Power U, in one word, starpoweryou.com, you will see this quiz. It takes two minutes, three minutes. It's basically 20 questions. But it's really, really cool because at the end, you can see a much bigger vision of who you are. You can really step into and find out your star power role and really see how can you stand out and make a difference. And you will get this beautifully prepared PDF. Uh, I'm so grateful my team has done such a good job in preparing that. And you can read about your unique brilliance and see how you can take that into your business and your brand. That's great. So um, we were talking a little bit about this before, but I did the quiz uh, a while ago and I'm really excited. I'm like, woo, I'm Katniss Everdeen. Um, (laughs) But I know that there's quite a few different personalities or star powers that you can align yourself with. Um, Can you go over a couple of them for us? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I'm not going to give away the characters, okay? Because then all of a sudden, you get like, oh, I'm not going to take the quiz. Or wrongfully, so you may peg yourself, you know, to be something other than who you truly are. But I must say that there are um, seven different personas and avatars uh, in there, seven for men, obviously, and seven for women. And um, I spent six months developing this quiz because even though it may seem really simple, the results are really accurate. And during my master coach certification, I studied, you know, assessment and strategy and accountability, but I have taken all these assessments from the DISC assessment to the Myers-Briggs to Strength Finder to Corbier to Fascinate and loads of others. You tell me an assessment, most likely I've done it. Um, but, you know, they're not always all that exciting and honestly they're not all that sexy and i like sexy you know you should be your fully expressed self and and in some cases it's a much more boldly sexy and sometimes it's sexy because it's shy and it's a little bit withdrawn and it's a little bit softer and that's the appeal but there has to be sort of that appeal to it so I must say that I'm really, really excited about it and proud of it because at first I started out with nearly 80 questions and I had to, you know, 
basically go through a funnel and make sure that I can take off the questions that are not spot on. And I needed to end up with 20 that still create a very reliable, very spot on result when you take the quiz. So yes, you will find different personalities, some like Katniss Everdeen, and I'm Katniss Everdeen as well. So no wonder it kind of proves the alignment, right? Which is nice. I'm also, you know, the passionate the movement maker, the one that's willing to stand up and make a difference for others. The one that's willing to step in when somebody is too weak to step into that role and say, I take it on. And that's so you, by the way, Risa. I love it because it's so spot on for you. As well. <laughs> but there are some others that, you know, um, talk about different personas. And the point is that we are all different. Some personalities have a unique brilliance that's, you know, sparklier and brighter from the beginning. But others have another way of attracting. And I must tell you, you know, I received a beautiful, beautiful email from a man who has taken the quiz and his character ended up being Atticus Finch from To Kill a Mockingbird. You guys <laughs> probably know uh, the book and the movie, right? And that's obviously a very different character than what you would have if you are the kind of balls to the wind, you know, let's step out there and make it happen, James Bondy type of guy. Yeah. Atticus Finch is a very different character, but just as powerful. So I was reading the email of this man that literally had me crying uh, because he wrote that, you know, I'm in my late 60s and I took your star power you quiz. I got the result that I'm Atticus Finch. And for my whole life, I thought of myself as a nerd. For the whole, for my whole life, I thought of myself as, as a shy, introverted person who is so, you know, uncomfortable in his own skin, somebody that could never ever make a difference in the world, even though I do have those big dreams. But for the first time, seeing myself as Atticus Finch, I realized that I can make that global impact. I can do it in my own way. Mm -hmm. It may not be as loud. It may not be on a stage speaking to 500 people, but I know for sure that I, I can do it because I am Atticus Finch. And I thought, oh my God, that is, it was worth living for that. You know, when you feel yeah. like you impact somebody on such a deep level and you create that shift in how they see themselves and how they realize what they're capable of, that that's, you know, what I live for. Even if that person never turns into a paying client, mm -hmm. that feeling of that, yes, you know, I have made a difference and he's going to go out and touch the lives of other people and he will pay the inspiration and the goodness forward because it is that ripple effect that already makes me happy. And that's what I feel is my sole purpose. That's beautiful, that's beautiful. Um, I think that's all the time we have today. I want to be really conscious of your time because I know you're very busy. <laughs> but uh, the very last question that I have that I ask all of our interviewers or interviewees before uh, the end of the show is, uh, 
the final question is, uh, what is your number one tip for others on how they can be more love noteworthy in their business and lives? And so love noteworthy, the concept of it comes from uh, having qualities in your life of love notes. So things that are sincere and passionate and personalized and thoughtful mm-hmm. and authentic and also being really noteworthy, kind of like you said, like having your star power and just really owning that unique brand offering or it factor that you have. So how do you, what's your number one tip for how people can be love noteworthy? That's, that's a brilliant question. That's a great question. And there are so many different aspects to it. There are so many different facets to it. But I would say that I would leave your listeners with the very same advice my own parents gave me when 24 years ago, they set me sail and allowed me to go to the other side of the globe to live my life and make my dreams come true. And they basically said, it's your life. It's your time. Go for it. And that really has been my personal mantra ever since. This feeling of like, this is it. There is no time to dick around. We don't know if tomorrow will come. Let's live our lives in a way that what if this is my last day? How can I not wait to leave a legacy behind, but how can I live my legacy every day, every moment? How can I show up so fully, so authentically, so openly, so vibrantly in everything I do, whether it's this interview with you or when I go get my kids from school later this afternoon and and being a mom, but being so present and being so juicy and really going for whatever it is with you. That's the way we can live our legacy and be certain that we will leave a legacy behind whenever this lifetime is going to end. Well, thank you so much, Juja. This interview has been absolutely wonderful. And I'm so glad that we were able to do this finally. Oh my gosh, you always get me so excited when I read up on your stuff or read your e-newsletters or uh, get to chat with you really briefly like on Facebook chat and stuff but before we end the show today uh, I just have one last challenge for our listeners and so at the end of the show we always do a challenge mine today is for you to go to starpoweru.com and fill out the quiz it's very short and sweet but you get amazing results you get like a three-page uh, PDF sent directly to your email inbox with information about your star power style. And um, let us know in the comments below what your star power personality is. And we would love to hear if you what you think about it. So definitely check yes. it out. <laughs> That's awesome. I can't wait to hear. So please. And, you know, by the way, also, I'd say I'm so, you know, accessible. I kind of reached my 5,000 friends limit on Facebook. I keep trying to go back and weed people out that friended me years and years back that, you know, since then are hardly on Facebook or they have nothing in common with what I'm creating in the world. But I do have, you know, my fan page. Feel free to connect with me there by liking the page. You will get my inspirational posts. I'm all over social media. So I would love 
for your people to, you know, feel confident and comfortable to reach out to me with anything and everything. And and thank you so much, Riz. It was a brilliant time. I so appreciate you. You are so amazing in so many ways. And I'm truly honored that you asked me and I'm so happy that I was part of inspiring your audience to be all they can be and be love note worthy themselves. Thank you so much, Juja. So that's all we have for today. Everybody that is listening, thank you so much for being here with us and being present. Have an amazing week and don't forget to shine and really let your star power show through. 